0: Welcome to Commentaries, Crane Kick Commentaries. <laughs> uh, hello, I as always, I am your host, Jake Del Mastro, and I'm joined by your other host, Keaton Byer. Hello. How we doing, Keaton? Pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good. You know, just uh, watching some James fucking Bond. God, that's a great song. Yeah, it really is. Really. I think that's my favorite Bond song. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's... It's got to be up there. So um, if you haven't gathered it by now, today we're talking about, or I guess if you didn't read the, the title, uh, today yeah, we're talking or the, about... Uh, hear the song we just played. Or the song, yeah. We're talking about uh, James Bond specifically. 1963? What, what year is this? Four. 1964's Goldfinger. Yes. It's the third James Bond movie. Yeah, this is um, kind kind of the one where they kind of find their uh, their thing, I guess. Yeah, this is this is the groove. This is the definitely the groove. Exactly, and then from here on out, it's it's all just, you know, from this mold.
1: Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah, they basically just kind of because this is like, I I haven't actually read any of the. Have you read any of the, any of the? any of the Bond books?
0: I Like the original Ian Fleming novels? No, I have not,
1: actually. No, no, me neither. So I don't really actually know how it differs exactly besides yeah. what I've...
0: But I mean, like, for me, like, yeah, this is definitely, like, what I know to be James Bond.
1: Yeah, well, in terms of the movies... This, this, this definitely... and obviously
0: Pierce Brosnan, but...
1: Uh... <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, the Pierce Brosnan, like, <laughs> Bond definitely is... It's ba- this. This no. Yeah, this yeah. Movie, It all comes from there. Do you want to run down the
0: plot? Okay. So basically, uh, as always, James Bond is doing some very unrelated caper. Uh, yeah, there's always like a there's always an intro, intro yeah. Right? Uh, you know, and then he basically he becomes alerted to this other mission very shortly afterwards. Um about this guy who is doing something illegal with smuggling gold, but it's not very clear exactly what's illegal, so... Yeah, that, they that, They that, send him in to go find out and prove that Goldfinger's doing something illegal so that they can catch him.
1: It really feels like the stakes are pretty low at first. Yeah,
0: they, they seem pretty damn low. Although, like, there's this really <laughs> sketchy guy named Auric Goldfinger, who's probably an ex-Nazi, but it's not clear. Um... And yeah. Yeah, and it's not clear, no. They uh so then he goes in, uh he investigates Goldfinger. Bunch of people die in and around James Bond. <laughs> and then he eventually <laughs> finds out that Goldfinger is planning to essentially blow up a a not a nuclear weapon, but a a like Radioactive, like dirty bomb, in Fort Knox to contaminate the area for like what eighty years or something like that. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> it's like fifty years or 50 something. Years, so that they can't get the gold. So that all of his gold becomes more valuable. Kind of a good idea. And that's sort of the gist of his plan, I think. That the macro is is solid. Yeah. Yeah, and he's being assisted by some, you know, unknown foreign Asian government. I don't know if they specifically say it's the Chinese, but I think it's clearly the Chinese.
1: Yeah, I think they do mention the Chinese government at one point, but
0: he he doesn't. Yeah.
1: Like it's 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 definitely Chinese uh, um government agents that are are helping him, but it's yeah, not Yeah, they
0: specifically say that the goal is to sow economic chaos in the West.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that scientist who like sets the fees and everything and all, all the henchmen are.
0: Are you talking I... about Mr. Ling? <laughs> oh, maybe, I don't know. Am yeah. I? Uh well yeah. <laughs> I think I am. Yeah, maybe that's his, uh, I think that's the guy. Mr. Ling is the uh is the head of those guys. His henchmen. So, assumedly, Goldfinger succeeds? No, because obviously <laughs> James Bond stops him. Through actually kind of just gets kind of lucky, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, he does get lucky. The other guy gets there in time. Because um, Goldfinger's personal pilot, Miss Pussy Galore, uh, <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, lets on the whole thing and basically turns uh, turns Goldfinger in.
1: Yeah, so really and it's then, her.
0: Sorry? It's really her. Yeah, so really she does everything. Yeah, exactly. She does
1: everything, <laughs> and then that other guy gets there in time to, like, deactivate the bomb. Yeah, and James Bond doesn't even deactivate the bomb. No, he doesn't. That other guy He does, does. kill Oddjob, though. Yeah, he keeps Oddjob at bay, but, I mean, they would have just Well, I mean, he straight up
0: kills him with the electricity.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's true, but the other guys would have just shot him when they got there. So honestly, James Bond wasn't actually that relevant that to, consequential? The, to the overall scheme. He was just kind yeah. of like pestering Goldfinger the whole time.
0: I mean I don't know. Would would Pussy Galore have like, you know, turned turned him in if, if James Bond wasn't there? <laughs> if
1: he hadn't forced himself upon him yeah. like he
0: did. <laughs> that that much is unclear.
1: Yeah, that that much is very unclear. I think it's implied that basically, if if we're to believe the movie, the only thing James Bond did was convince her to flip. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> so and that's even um, foggy.
0: Yeah, you know, are are is the UK government wasting money on James Bond? Maybe, uh, could probably. Like, I mean, like, those martinis—they—they—they they, they cost that up.
1: Yeah, and and they said they were stalking the. The guy said he was stalking the plane for, uh, with for liquor three. for three. Yeah.
0: <laughs> James,
1: who who are the other two?
0: It's just you, sir. <laughs> I suppose I'll be able to get a drink here. I told the stewardess liquor for three. Who are the other two? Oh, there are no other two. Felix so long James. good luck
1: ridiculous, but yeah, that adds up every plane ride he's got you got you know liquor for three yeah so uh, should we should we go into basic facts first or should we tackle the the problematic stuff first?
0: Mm, there's a lot of problematic stuff, so I uh, maybe we should just get it out of the way,
1: yeah, um which one should we start with should we like i mean the movie itself is problematic and then there's the issues with sean connery yeah Uh, yeah
0: um let's start with the movie i guess
1: yeah so and
0: i think to start with the movie you also need to like go into ian fleming's books Uh, how so well, no, just because like it's not like the movie manufactured all the problematic stuff.
1: No, no, it, totally. No, like, I mean the 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 attitude. Yeah, I think it, I, it's
0: w- it's definitely a a pervasive attitude in the James Bond series.
1: Yeah, of course, and and you know, it's a product of its time, but it's definitely a.
0: Uh, it is, but also it's like, heavy handed. Even, even for... a lot of the more modern James Bond. Uh, productions have the same kind of air of that to it. Okay, yeah, exactly. And it comes from from
1: this era. It's all traceable.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: But, like, this movie specifically, there's, there's just a lot of bad stuff. I mean, you know, obviously all the female characters are non-existent, but...
0: Also, the... they all, like, fucking sleep with James Bond and then die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all... Uh,
1: None of them have any uh <laughs> actual motivation for doing anything. Yeah. And then and then there's the Pussy Galore scene. Not to mention the character Pussy Galore. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then like I was saying there's this there's a scene where he like just forces himself on her, which is like really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that really didn't didn't age well at all.
1: It it was yeah, it's just really unnecessary and unfortunate it just doesn't it doesn't add up um yeah but again a lot of that is there's a lot of that sort of thing in movies from that time we talked about it and like once upon a time in the west had a lot of that as well
0: right although though Um, i would say that once upon a time in the west like at least like um uh what's her uh jill jill like behaved in a way that like you know
1: she had agency as
0: a human. She had being. agency in that, right? Yeah, yeah, that is true. But whereas, like you know, in this movie, everybody just kind of goes along with it.
1: Yeah, that's true. But the treatment of her is still pretty bad. Like, yes, Harmonica uh, just like you know, roughs her up for no reason the first time yes. he sees her. Yeah, it's the same kind of vibe. Definitely. Um. But yeah, and then there's, so, but the, you know, the, 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 stuff in the movie speaks for itself, you know, we, people watching it can, are, are not, they know when you see it what the problem is. Yeah, well, I mean, is. at least I hope so. Yeah, we, like. Yeah. um, ass, Assuming our audience.
0: Yes, but yeah, like, definitely, like, I don't know, I think it would be, uh, it, it would not be doing justice to say like to to discuss this movie without at least bringing this up yeah
1: exactly exactly
0: i feel like we're really bad at addressing this shit
1: yeah i i yeah we're not good at it (laughs)
0: there's there's no like fucking handbook to this
1: no and we're also like the worst two people to be exactly it's just not (laughs) why did why did hollywood have to be so fucking terrible Uh, i don't know (laughs) like hopefully it gets better (laughs)
0: Yeah, hopefully. Um, okay, so what are we going to do? So should we just go into the,
1: the like, background then? Okay, cool. So as we all know, may I guess maybe not, but it's based on a book by uh, the author Ian Fleming. Mm. Do you know much about Ian Fleming? Or... I,
0: I know. Well, I mean... Obviously, everything I know from about him stems from the fact that he wrote James Bond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from there's... what I know, he's a bit of a character. Uh, yeah. And, like, you know, a lot of the things that James Bond does are, like, not so subtly based on fucking Ian Fleming himself.
1: Yeah, either Ian Fleming himself or people he directly knew or yeah. stuff like that. It's all <laughs> very much drawn from things around him.
0: Like I believe the whole shaken not stirred thing was like that was the way that like fucking Ian Fleming had his fucking martinis. <laughs> yeah, and um, I
1: he liked his martinis.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he was uh, uh he he enjoyed the finer things in life, shall we say?
1: Yeah, yeah, I believe his Wikipedia page said something about heavy smoking and drinking. Yeah. Yeah. But he was born, he was super rich. He was born into mm-hmm. a lot of money. His, uh, his father was in politics. Um, and, you know, was like a lord of something or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and his mother... Ever, ever, yeah.
0: They, they're all fucking lords up there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And his mom had, like, uh, tons of connections and stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, he, well, he went to Eton College, which is a very, uh, yeah. There you go. It's very posh, uh, place to go yeah um when he went to royal military college Well, yeah, there you go um uh not to be confused with the royal military college in canada <laughs> in kingston ontario
1: yeah no very different one yeah <laughs> yeah uh so yeah but so his father died but his mom was still really well connected so mm-hmm. um when he was out of school uh his mom got him a job as the sub-editor at Reuters when he was 23
0: years old. Just like... Right. So presumably he had no obvious qualifications for that, did he? (laughs) No. No, (laughs) he...
1: But I guess he was fairly good at it, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess he was a writer, right?
1: Yeah, like he was a
0: journalist. Yeah. Um...
1: And he got, he, he, in 1930, what was it, 1932? Something like mm-hmm. that. He was going to interview Stalin or something, but Stalin, like, at the last minute had to, like, change the appointment. So he, like, mm-hmm. sent uh, Ian Fleming a personal note apologizing for missing the interview. Oh, jeez. Yeah.
0: That's, uh, from Stalin. Wow. He must have been real important. Yeah.
1: So that yeah, it just gives you some perspective.
0: Yeah. for from, from what I know, Estella didn't uh didn't give that kind of courtesy to just anybody.
1: No. But then yeah, so speaking of the no obvious qualifications. Yes. <laughs> um so when when So
0: this kind of feeds into like um how Ian Fleming got to writing about uh spy novels basically. Exactly. Right?
1: This is this is the basis for that. And you know, being a journalist too, you make a lot of connections about mm-hmm. with various people, but this specifically is where he got most of his inspiration. He was um recruited as the personal assistant to the director of naval intelligence um in 1939 and as as we've said a couple of times, according to Ian Fleming's biographer, um this was done he had quote unquote no obvious qualifications for this position
0: yeah presumably this this is has to do with his uh i don't know his family friendship his, with winston churchill etc
1: yeah his connections yeah um so it, as in the military he does quite a bunch of stuff we won't get this isn't we won't get too deep into into detail about the stuff he does now um but it, it, it he does a lot of interesting stuff um mm-hmm. specifically he forms one intelligence unit called uh what was it called the 30 assault unit mm. so was
0: he like was he any good at this job it's hard to say to be honest mm. he like okay it, he, So if he was bad at it you know the people around him did a good job of covering for him exactly okay. it seems <laughs> he was
1: good at it it seems he was fairly good at like administration mm-hmm. because he, he definitely he wasn't in the field or anything right he just put stuff together and like uh you know organized right things i read in right. one of the books i was reading it said that he like went to the U S and like helped to write the blueprint for the CIA or something, but I don't really know. Maybe that's true, but
0: what was he involved in operation paperclip? Yeah, he was. Yeah. (laughs) Like tangentially. (laughs) That's jokes. So for those those of you who don't know, operation paperclip, which we may have mentioned on the Apollo 13 episode was the, (laughs) um, the basically, um, the operation by the allies to basically steal German scientists for their own purposes
1: yeah you tangentially, yeah, he was involved <laughs> that that's 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 interesting <laughs> yeah um but we 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 may or may not get into more of that later right um so after the war like again just to show his connections he this is just what it said in, in one of the books i was reading he convinced a millionaire friend of his to buy him a house in jamaica because mm-hmm. he spent some time there during the war and he was right. like i'm gonna live there so he buys his house his friend buys him this house inexplicably <laughs> <laughs> um and he calls it Goldeneye. eye
0: mm. yeah so once again The title of a James Bond book, right, and a film.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: 64 game. (laughs) That
1: game's pretty good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, It's it's uh,
1: ahead of its time.
0: Definitely. (laughs) So did wait? Were you expecting me to like go off more on that? I I would assume you had more to say. No, I don't. I don't actually have the game oh really? no, I don't yeah, mm. uh it's a classic though,
1: yeah, I've always said well, I've never actually played it. I've just like watched uh watched yeah i got I got playthroughs get of it, but it looks good, yeah, um, Maybe. so at this point, we're in the early fifties here, and this is when um Ian Fleming conceives james Bond um mm.
0: do you know where he gets so the- like what if I was like an actual spy? Yeah, exactly. And I was in better shape. Yeah. And... <laughs> if
1: I drank a little bit less, or if I drank as much, well, I don't but think, it didn't Like, I don't me. think
0: James Bond actually drinks less than Ian Fleming. Have you, like, paid attention to how much he drinks no, it's on true. screen?
1: No, he drinks... He never eats, but he drinks all, like, constantly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Actually, in that, in that scene where they were, like, he's gonna... Were, M was like uh 007 is having dinner with me. When they cut to the dinner, they're not actually eating anything. They're just drinking brandy. Just the the one guy was eating something, wasn't he? The, was like, he?
1: the 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 not the third guy, wasn't he? Maybe he wasn't. No, <laughs> they... they were just smoking cigars. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and when <laughs> when he wakes up on the on the airplane, uh when they're flying to Kentucky. Um He's just like uh, the first thing he asks for is a
0: drink. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um Yeah, so I I I assume that's at least one aspect that Anvel model on himself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so the name James Bond, as you may or may not know, um comes from he
0: was a he was an ornithologist correct yeah uh this is this this is just a name that he saw on like ian fleming saw on a book that he happened to have on a shelf right yeah yeah and he he said it was
1: like the most boring name (laughs) like he'd ever seen and he like he figured this was like the perfect like you know under the radar name for his
0: uh his spy right. character because naturally a spy would have an under the radar name exactly it's like right. why That's so the most... if you if you were wondering an ornithologist by the way is somebody who studies birds right yeah yeah the okay. book that,
1: the book was called the birds of the west indies
0: right okay
1: which i tried to find a copy of i was not successful
0: right so but he, ac- he actually got this guy's permission to use his name didn't he I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he like wrote him a letter and be like, hey, can I use your name in a in a fucking uh, book." And Ian Fleming was was a bit of a a bird enthusiast, was he not?
1: Yeah, he was a bird watcher.
0: Right. And that's not meant to be a pun.
1: Why would that be a pun?
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Although James Bond definitely was.
1: Yes. <laughs> in both both uh yes meanings of the word yeah so yeah he at this point in fleming was working as a journalist i forget what company he was working for but uh it doesn't really matter the point is he he right he, he organized was... sorry go on
0: no i was just gonna say the point is what he was like you know living that uh journalist lifestyle like flying all over the place uh you know rubbing elbows with uh Important people?
1: Yeah, more or less. And he organized it so that he uh, he got two months off every every year. Right. And with that first two months, he wrote Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. He he would go to GoldenEye for two months and then write a James Bond book. Mm-hmm. And I think the first few of them, like, between... 1953 and Mm -hmm. uh, 1957 he wrote um, Casino Royale uh, Live and Let Die, Moonraker Diamonds Are Forever and uh, From Russia With Love so Mm -hmm. those are the first few Um, and they all did fairly well, they had positive reviews and they sold okay, I don't think they were like amazingly popular but
0: right but they were generally critically well liked right generally yes mm-hmm. but then in 1958
1: apparently critics like on mass like turned on him um before he released doctor no but doctor no came really? out in 1958 but just before that the everyone like right? pardon the book yeah the book the book yeah. sorry yeah um yeah, and they all turned on him apparently they did not like doctor no they did not like goldfinger
0: <laughs> really which is funny, because those were the first two to be made into movies, weren't they? No, well... Or, the, sorry, no, from, there was also uh, from Rush with Love, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Dr. No and from Rush with Love were the first two. Um, okay. But then neither, in fact, uh, they were not the first uh, screen appearance of James Bond. Well,
0: there was a, a TV uh, special, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, there was in 19... 19- well, there was like
0: an American James Bond, right?
1: Oh yes, that's right. He was American. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot he was American. I didn't even think about it, but yeah, totally. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Did they like change it
0: so that he worked for like the CIA instead of the uh, MI6? Probably. I should have. I should have yeah. watched it, but yeah, no, I I haven't actually ever seen it, but uh, maybe I should check it out.
1: Well, it's ridiculous. It was an hour. It's probably
0: long. bizarre. Like... Yeah, it was apparently
1: uh, they. Apparently had a really low budget, and there was like only one or two sets, and they were basically just at the poker table for the whole hour. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so a bit different than the uh, the film that eventually came out, right? Yeah, but far less action set pieces. Yeah,
1: it was a little bit more uh, um, of a, a, a high stakes poker game than anything else. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they bought the rights to it. CBS bought the rights to it for a thousand dollars,
0: so pretty cheap, really, even yeah. for the time. Like I know that's... E- even in nineteen fifty-four money, yeah, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, that's like what fifteen grand, maybe. That's nine thousand dollars, nine thousand no. $9, six hundred and seventy-nine dollars. That's nothing. Yeah, that's that's very low. That's nothing. So it's an eight hundred and sixty-eight percent inflation. Wow, that's in nothing. Case you were wondering. That's yeah, crazy. so that that's pretty cheap for buying the rights. I assume though that that was just like that was the rights to that one story for like non-exclusive.
1: Yeah, yeah, he sold he also did sell like the film rights to Casino Royale, which is we'll go into that a bit later. It's a bit out of the way, so and cuz we're this is we're talking about Goldfinger. We're just giving you some background right now. <laughs> that's true, yeah. So, um, uh we we're not going to go th- th-
0: Two, right. two I depth. mean Although we did, we did sort of just choose Goldfinger because it was fairly representative. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. We yeah. were kind of going for Bond.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't plan on doing another episode on Bond anytime soon, but you know. Yeah, maybe I we could do a
1: a more modern one farther down the yeah. road.
0: But we do a Pierce Brosnan one, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, that's down the road. <laughs> yeah, we'll, um, we'll we'll talk about that later, maybe. Yeah.
1: Uh so as as the, the, the my favorite part about about the TV special uh was that Peter Laurie was the villain which would have been awesome.
0: Ooh. Have we talked about Peter Laurie on this podcast before?
1: I don't think we have, but Peter Laurie is one of my favorite actors.
0: Yeah, I love fucking Peter Laurie. <laughs> He's so
1: <laughs> so good. Hey. Wait, we might
0: have we might have maybe briefly mentioned him during the Nosferatu episode. I can't remember. We mentioned a movie he was in. But we didn't, I don't know if we mentioned him. Yeah, he's got such a creepy voice. Oh, God, it's perfect. <laughs> Peter Laurie. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> but yeah, so he was in it? He Yeah,
1: he was the chiffon he or, whatever was the or whatever. Yeah, whatever his name is. I forget. I, um, I forget. Casino I, I'm just
0: going off the Daniel Craig movie. I haven't actually read the story or watched this. I think that's what it was, what you said. Yeah. Yeah. But the
1: guy who played Bond was a guy named Barry Nelson. hmm Who you Who is may not know. British. Not British. Um he's probably best known for his role. Uh I forgot the character's name, maybe you remember, but the guy who interviews uh <laughs> Jack Torrance oh, in
0: In The Shining. In The Shining. Yeah. Oh jeez, what's his name? Um like art. oh olman olman U- olman yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's james bond <laughs> that's, that that that's funny i should uh next time i'm seeing the shining i'll i'll make sure i note that <laughs> note that yeah so
1: 1956 um ian fleming he's still pumping out his the novels I think right. 1956. Which novel was that?
0: So, so is is uh is Ian Fleming like you know doing pretty well from these novels? Not really. No. Like it so seems is he just mooching off his rich friends then for? Uh... It kind of seems, I don't know. I like it seems like <laughs> like he was kind
1: of hurting for money during this time period.
0: Right. So maybe that just has to do with the fact that, you know, it sounds like he had a, a penchant for, like, you know, expensive things.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like, it's hard to say exactly, but yeah. <laughs> that's Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in 1956 he wrote Diamonds Are Forever. And that was the year um, that he uh, he's hired to collaborate on an NBC TV show, called Commander Jamaica um hmm. which is like a spy t v show basically right. James Bond light okay so I- Ian Fleming writes an outline for for Commander Jamaica, unsurprisingly uh Commander Jamaica gets cut before they they sh- oh before it even airs yeah <laughs> yeah, um, but Fleming uses that outline he 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 wrote for Commander Jamaica to write the book for Doctor no. Jokes.
0: <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Um, is that legal? That's an excellent question. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess that would uh, that would depend on what the details of the contract were. I think
1: yeah. it, I don't think that would at fly at all nowadays. I don't think you could get away. with yeah, that Yeah,
0: somebody would definitely get sued, and that person would be Ian Fleming. Yeah, no
1: doubt. Yeah. Speaking of,
0: (laughs) oh, did and Fleming get sued?
1: (laughs) The whole next story is so fucking funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead. Let's hear what we got.
1: (laughs) Okay, so Thunderball. Yeah. Um, Thunderball was supposed to be the first James Bond movie. Um, Right.
0: It ended up being the the fourth.
1: The fourth. Yeah.
0: Okay. And the only
1: reason that was the because of litigation. So what happened with mm. Thunderball? And
0: I, you know how on Crank Commentaries we are big fans of litigation. We talk about
1: copyright litigation. We talk a lot about litigation. A lot. A lot. Litigation. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so here's some more. Um in mid mid 1958, um I think that's when Goldfinger came out, the book, actually. Um mm-hmm. but Ian Fleming uh is approached by a guy named Kevin McClory, mm-hmm. um, and a few other guys. But I think he's a producer. Maybe he's a director. No, he's a director. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come up with an outline for a movie. I forget what it was called. It was In- like Seventy Leagues somewhere or something. I forget. Right. It was a boring name. Okay.
0: So, so they make this movie. And Ian Fleming. Well, they don't
1: make the movie. They they this is an out, outline for a movie.
0: Okay, so they 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 come up with an outline for a movie. And there's four and guys writing. Fleming it. worked on it. Right. And, Fleming is one of four writers.
1: Yeah, and it goes ten treatments. Mm.
0: At least. Yeah, that's on the higher end from what the <laughs> other.
1: Yeah, but then, so Kevin McClory, uh, he has a film. Bomb at the Venice Film Festival because he's being super hyped. He's like, I forget what the movie is called, but he's like super hyped director because so it's... he's
0: like an up and coming director who's like you know
1: he's yeah. a
0: rising star shall it, we say
1: exactly yeah and then this movie bombs at the Venice Film Festival um, so, oh so Ian Fleming is like all of a sudden like oh, I don't know maybe he can't do it um so he distances himself from the project and like kind of like you know leaves town and starts doing ian fleming shit
0: right so drinking and smoking cigars
1: yeah on like you know tropical beaches (laughs) exactly and then (laughs) um yeah so so while he's do off doing that um mcclory gets this guy named jack whittingham on board mm-hmm. and basically they like turn it into an actual script like a shootable movie script mm-hmm. and they show it to Fleming and he's like yeah this is cool cool he just changed and he changes the name to Thunderball because they had that okay. like boring name and he was like "No, nah, we gotta have a, a way more sick name like what, what, Thunderball what was the,
0: the thing called originally again
1: I forget it was like seven leagues away or something I don't know Okay right it was really boring right so but then after uh after he changes the name to thunderball um they all meet like all the guys who worked on it they all meet at ian fleming's place in jamaica um he -hmm. called he he calls them all out there um and he's and they all agree to make this movie like we're gonna make Mm -hmm. thunderball and then right after ian fleming takes the script and he writes the thunderball book which is just oh. based on the <laughs> script.
0: <laughs>
1: hmm. And
0: just goes to release it, like, by himself. <laughs> right. So, uh, was he still planning on making the movie? Yes. And was it a James Bond movie in the script?
1: Yes, it's a James Bond movie. He just wrote, he right. basically wrote the novelization and was going to release it himself. Okay, um, and all, all 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 of them wrote it.
0: Anyway, obviously, right. Um, so, from what I guess, the other guys didn't sign off on that.
1: No, they were not
0: not down. Um,
1: <laughs> McClory uh, got like an advanced copy of the book, and he immediately mm-hmm. filed for an injunction to stop its release. Right. Um. So in like. All through nineteen sixty one. Um the they're the it's litigating and uh Ian Fleming has his first heart attack during that litigation.
0: During the litigation. Yeah. So presumably not like in the courtroom, but
1: No, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe not. That would be dramatic. If that it would was, be very dramatic. If it was in the courtroom. Yeah.
0: Wait, how do they handle that legally if like if somebody's up on the witness stand and they have a heart attack while giving testimony?
1: I don't know. Do they call a recess? Maybe there's a mistrial.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like I don't know. (laughs) Emergency recess must be a thing. Probably. I don't know. I'd have to ask a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. You know, one of these days we're gonna have to get a lawyer onto the podcast (laughs) to like, you know, fucking check our bullshit. We'll we'll do like uh we'll do like uh fucking my cousin Vinny and we'll get a lawyer. As oh, a that would be so good. Yeah, that'd be good.
1: We have to do that.
0: We'll we'll yeah. I I don't know if I know any lawyers. Do you? We'll we'll find we'll find one. No, I don't. No. <laughs> if there's any lawyers out there, let us know.
1: Um. So at this point, this whole area is kind of like a bit foggy. Like mm-hmm. a lot of this has been like overlapping timelines and him writing books and like movie deals kind of coming and going, falling through. Um, so eventually, so kind of shortly after Fleming has his heart attack, um, a producer, kind of up and coming producer named Harry Saltzman, mm-hmm. um, he buys the options for or uh, uh and he I think he was kind of Ian fleming's friend um and because this this uh lawsuit was clearly kind of fucking Fleming up, and he like kind of needed the money, I think Harry Saltzman like helped him out with like a movie deal um mm-hmm. but it wasn't like it wasn't totally like uh set in stone or anything um. Because they needed funding for from a studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Harry Saltzman didn't really have a lot of connections. So they bring on another guy uh, named Albert Broccoli.
0: Albert R. Broccoli? Albert R. Broccoli. Uh, yes, I know this man's name from the beginning of every James Bond movie. Yes, except for two. Sir, <laughs> <laughs> Except for two. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, is. pretty much. Yeah, I think every, almost every James Bond movie, except for two, as you as you mentioned, yeah. uh, Albert R. Broccoli is credited as a producer, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He um he was the guy who knew the studios, and he mm-hmm. had been kind of tangentially involved with the uh, Thunderball project, so he right. was like a bit. He like didn't want to work with Ian Fleming. <laughs> right. Uh, but he got convinced, and he they they I think they initially went for to Columbia for for money, but Columbia did not want did not want it. Right. Uh, but they eventually settled at United Artists.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For a six film deal.
0: Okay. Uh, and clearly they made all six films. Yeah. <laughs> and more.
1: Yeah. So. The first film, as we mentioned, um, was 1962, Mm Dr. No. Yes. So that kind of brings us to the casting. Yeah. Situation. Okay. So there's this uh, Scottish (laughs) bodybuilder.
0: Right. I totally forgot he was a fucking bodybuilder. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Ian Fleming wants like a, a an actor. This was actor. back when
0: you could be a bodybuilder and not like you know, fucking have your. I don't know you, you. Just the the standards for what it meant to be a bodybuilder back then seems so very different from what it is now. <laughs>
1: it's much different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like now, like even just to be a Hollywood actor, you need to be like a fucking like monster.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It's, like, the bare minimum
0: (laughs) is, like, the same as bodybuilder
1: back then. Exactly. Yeah, so um, Fleming wanted to hire, like, real actors. He wanted, like, um, great actors of the 40s and 50s. Mm. Um, But they weren't, you know, bodybuilders.
0: Right. Um, and, and and once again, bodybuilder nowadays, I I don't think that Sean Connery would have been uh, would have qualified you know, qualified for uh, Mister Universe or whatever it was <laughs> that uh, he won.
1: I don't know. I don't know what he won.
0: Yeah. So I think it was Mister Universe, right? I think I it know. was. Me, I'm not sure. Yeah, we could find out. Uh, yeah, he he. Oh no, he was third in the nineteen fifty mystery universe contest okay um although apparently this is according to his his own website, whereas most sources place him in the nineteen fifty three competition in either the third either third in the junior class or failing to make failing to place in the tall man classification <laughs> <laughs> so he he may have been third in the mystery universe contest technically (laughs) but yeah
1: very technically there
0: yeah um oh this is interesting uh it says connery was soon deterred from bodybuilding when he found that americans frequently beat him in competitions because of sheer muscle size and unlike connery Refused to participate in athletic activity, which could make them lose muscle mass. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Like, the, the, what does that mean? <laughs> apparently, so Sean Connery was a keen footballer. Oh, yeah. Soccer for North Americans. Yeah, yeah. He played fucking soccer. Yeah, he's a soccer player. A lot, apparently. Right. I don't know how that makes you lose muscle mass. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what they're talking about there, but... I don't know. From what I gather, like, bodybuilding is all about just, like, fucking... It's glamour Eating a ton of fucking hard protein, working out, and then eating nothing but fucking carrots and celery. (laughs) Really? Carrots and celery, that's it. Well yeah, cuz I don't know, from what I gather you got to like you got to like bulk up and then cut the fat. Okay. So you got to eat like the most lean foods ever during your like cut phase or whatever. This
1: week on Crane Kick bodybuilding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cut uh, the fat. I'll I'll get Paul Paul on the episode. He could explain it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we could do uh is there a bodybuilding movie?
0: Sorry? Uh we could do pop iron, maybe. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah.
1: Anyway, um I think it was I forget which either Saltzman or Broccoli, one of them. Uh mm-hmm. uh pitched Sean Connery uh to the chagrin of of um Fleming.
0: Right. So, they... so Fleming wasn't wasn't initially happy about about Sean Connery being James Bond.
1: No, he didn't love the idea.
0: That that's 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 interesting. He thought he given was given t- how Sean Connery is often considered to be like the definitive James Bond. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. He he thought he was too like bullish, like not kind of not clever enough. He basically thought he was just like a meathead. Right. And he was like, okay, James Bond is is more uh, cerebral. And clever, and you know right, okay, he's not just about muscle,
0: right, okay well i mean i I assume that he allayed uh Ian Fleming's fears of that because you know I don't think he comes off that way in the film,
1: not in this one, but um, we'll get more into that next week when we talk about the production um mm-hmm. and the and the script. A bit but this is this movie's definitely um like uh it's it's it get it it adds a bit more depth to 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 the character than was in the books or not right. necessarily depth that's the wrong word but it changes him uh a significant right. amount from mm-hmm. the from the books um but also it's the it's different from the first two in terms of how he's portrayed i think
0: right definitely
1: yeah as it progresses, he definitely becomes less of a meathead.
0: Um, yeah, I would say that definitely the way that it comes off on screen. He doesn't seem like a, a meathead, per se.
1: No, and his acting uh, rounds out a bit, I think, as as the movies progress.
0: Yes. Um. So should we talk about the problematic stuff with <laughs> yeah. him? Yeah, let's talk about that now, yeah. Sorry, the what? The problematic stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. I I thought you said prosthetics for a second, but no, that's definitely not what you said.
1: No, no, no prosthetics that I'm aware of in this movie.
0: Not that I know of in this movie. Yeah. All right, so... Um, so... I think we kind of decided to do this movie because recently Sean Connery passed away, right? Yeah. And, you know... Sort of... I think we wanted to sort of celebrate like what uh his whole career was all about, right? Exactly. But as we were kinda of getting into this, I think we kind of found out that his legacy was like a little bit more complicated than uh than we thought, slash he was kind of a fucking jerk. Yeah, he was, it seems, that way. Yeah, so I mean I mean there's no fucking, you know, really delicate way to put this, but you know, uh Basically, uh... He fucking... He used to beat women. Like, that's... Yeah. As simple as it gets. Like... Yeah. Like, so there's... There's... The main...
1: Um... Like, accusation... Against him is, uh... His... First wife? Um... I think it was his first wife. I'm just sorry, trying to find her name. Uh yeah. Diane Salento. Um she was also a she was an Australian actress. Yeah, that was his first wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she wrote a, a on a, an autobiography in 2006. Um that alleged that he like uh mentally and physically abused her. Mm-hmm. During the relationship
0: um yeah but also it's very much in line with some sort of comments he made much earlier as well yeah he oh well yeah so he told playboy in 1965 so this is during the time that they were married yeah i don't think there is anything particularly wrong with hitting a woman Oh God! though i don't recommend you do it in the same way as hitting a man Jesus or Christ. that you hit a man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So there you go. That that's pretty damning, I would say. That's
1: yeah, exactly. That kinda does it. Right there. There you have it. It it just kinda it it ruined the uh we looked into yeah, it. Yeah, in a the little first bit, race. yeah.
0: For sure. Um I, I think we thought about not doing this episode.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because of this. Yeah.
0: But then I think we kinda decided that like, you know,
1: it's better to it's Literally, better to, to to discuss it than yeah. Than to ignore it's it's it.
0: everywhere in Hollywood in a lot of the movies that we cover, and we figure it's like it's best to present the movie and also present the issues so that you can see it in context. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and we acknowledge, of course, that we're no authorities in anything, and we're not.
0: We're just. I mean, you know, we're fucking two white men yeah like here that like (laughs) exactly i feel like we're not necessarily the best people to necessarily comment on this but exactly we're the we're the wrong people to dissect
1: it but it doesn't mean we should ignore it um exactly um and yeah i was just gonna say like it it kind of speaks to how prevalent all this is that like i feel like we, I felt like we quote unquote discovered this, but it's like, it's just information that's out there, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. all we had to do is read his fucking Wikipedia page, you know, for Christ's sake. Um, yeah. and it's out there and, you know, he issued a statement in 2006 being like, I don't think you should ever hit women, but you know, the damage is done. You know, if you've, 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 uh, mentally and physically abused your, your wife, mm-hmm. of how, however long
0: it, your your legacy is tarnished.
1: Like that's
0: yeah. It's def. It's it's definitely not something that you can ignore. Exactly. And like you know, just all that, all this recent like outpouring of uh, uh,
1: love for him. It's just kind of it. It does kind of open your eyes. Like how, like there are so many people that are active in Hollywood right now that have allegations, and not just in Hollywood, you know, but mm-hmm. everywhere. But anyway, you know, we're we're getting beside the point. We as we mentioned, we're not really the ones to 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 bring all that to the table
0: that yeah and i mean i'm sure this is not the last time we'll have to do this
1: no i'm sure we'll have to do it many more times but hopefully we'll get better <laughs> at doing yeah hopefully
0: it. we will get better at doing this because i i'm sure I'm sure like, none of the... you have enjoyed this sort of awkward <laughs> no, um...
1: like we just have to learn to get more concise yeah and, we, like... we
0: should be more concise to this yeah uh, but yeah there
1: there you have it
0: there you have it uh Okay, where where are we going now? We, yeah. Uh, um, you want to talk about Harry Salzman, or do we already kind of discuss that? We did. We did. We did basically, talk, we that. did. We're we're. Okay, so then we can we can go ahead into the next bit, in which case, we are going to talk about Harry Salzman. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh oh shit! Wrong 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 fucking wrong tune. Key. Wrong uh, tune. All right, uh, uh, quickly, quickly, switch. Switch. So go back. we are going to talk about Harry Saltzman. Yeah, in a little section. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to Six Degrees of Star Trek. Hell The yeah. segment that, that that I know you all love. It's all your favorite segment. <laughs> oh, it's definitely mine. Uh, it's a segment nobody asked for, but I'm going to give it to you, right? <laughs> or we're going to give it to you, on right? Hells yeah. Okay, so where do we start here? We actually have a, a somewhat interesting uh ep- um installment. Alright, okay. Okay, so we have six connections, although four of them end up in the same place. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> um so i'm gonna start up with uh the first connection which goes through sean connery so if this is the first time you listen to the segment what we do here is we try to find connections between this film and star trek in general so it can be through somebody who worked on star trek who also worked on this film it could go another step, another degree through another film or TV show or other piece of, you know, work. Yeah, yeah. And so the first one, yes. It could be connected
1: to like a movie or a series, anything in the Star Trek realm.
0: Yes. So the first connection we have is through Sean Connery into the movie The Hunt for the Red October. (laughs) Okay. So in The Hunt for the Red October is... Gates McFadden, okay, who plays Doctor Crusher on Star Trek TNG? Oh, really? Gates McFadden, also sometimes credited as Cheryl McFadden or Cheryl Gates McFadden. Interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. So moving right along, uh, that <laughs> who does she play uh, in, in The Hunt for Red October? Who does she? Okay, I must confess, I've never seen The Hunt for the Red October. I know. Oh man. I know. Oh jeez. What I don't know, I
1: haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't know. You crucify me now. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: let's moving on. Her? No, no. Let's let's find out who she plays. She plays. Oh, Carol. Oh, is she Jack Ryan's wife? Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So she plays Carolyn. Sorry. She plays Carolyn Ryan. There you go. Yes. Okay. So Alec Baldwin's wife, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I should watch it. I know. Um, okay, so the next connection we have is also through Sean Connery. Okay. And this is through the film Dragonheart. Dragonheart. I don't know. Have you seen this movie, Keaton?
1: No, I don't think I've seen that movie. Dragonheart. Okay, so
0: it's a movie from 1996 with a CGI dragon voiced by Sean Connery. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Now this oh, is, yeah, that's this fucking This movie sick. is made more interesting by the fact that this movie is written none other but none by none other than our friend Charles Edward Pogue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no way from the fly.
0: <laughs> Sir, from the fly? Yes, from the fly. (laughs) And do you know what else makes this movie interesting? What? This movie has a crane kick commentaries number of two. Oh, how so? Because the CGI dragon was made using none other than Alias.
1: No way!
0: Alias, for those of you don't, who don't know, is a piece of software that I work on, um, which was fairly popular in the 1990s in the film industry.
1: Yes, and we talk about it in depth in uh, the Monsters... In Inc. our
0: Monsters, Inc. episode. Episode. If, if you're wondering. Wow, so Dragonheart
1: so, is really... We have to do that movie. There's like...
0: Yeah, maybe we might have to cover Dragonheart. Wow. <laughs> but, so... uh. Dragonheart, how does this connect to Star Trek, you might wonder? Uh, Yes,
1: I was just wondering that.
0: That is because in Dragonheart is Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs, in Star Trek Discovery Season 1, plays Captain Lorca, who is the captain of the Discovery.
1: Okay. Jason Isaacs. So that's
0: Jason Isaacs, yeah. You probably know him. He's like a Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He looks very familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I know his face.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um Okay. Continuing. Those were the first two, and this is this is an interesting segment here. Okay. Because these all end up in an interesting place. So, Sean Connery Again. Yeah. Was in a film in nineteen seventy five called The Man Who Would Be King.
1: Okay.
0: You know who else is in that film?
1: No, who else was in that film?
0: Christopher Fucking Plummer.
1: Oh yeah, he's come up a few times, I think, as well.
0: He has. And as we all know, he was in Star Trek The Undiscovered Country. Yes. As uh, we all know. Admiral Admiral Chang or General Chang? Uh, I can't I don't remember. Know. All right. <laughs> you gotta got, find I, out. <laughs> I got. I got, I gotta got be accurate about this. Yeah, for, yeah you gotta uh, be you spot know, on. If there's one thing I gotta be accurate about, it's Star Trek. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? Yeah. There
0: you go. General Chang. General. Ching. I'm sorry. Not Admiral Chang. Wow, Jeez, you underranked I'm him. I'm sorry. Okay, so Sean Connery, the man who would be king, Christopher Plummer. Sick. Okay. Yeah. Continuing. Okay. We have uh, Gert Fruber. Oh, no who, way. Yeah. All right. It, Lay it on me. So he plays Goldfinger, our Goldfinger in this movie. Yeah. He was in a movie in 1966 called Triple Cross. Okay. Which was about sort of uh, a, uh, a British criminal turned uh, double agent uh, in the Second World War, named Eddie Chapman. Okay. And Eddie Chapman was played by none other than Christopher Plummer. <laughs> <laughs> God, continuing. <laughs> Harry Saltzman and Guy Hamilton, Guy Hamilton who directed Goldfinger, yeah. Harry Saltzman who we previously mentioned, yeah. They worked on a film in 1969 called The Battle of Britain. Yeah. Which contained none other than. Christopher Plummer. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. You might be wondering why I remembered the name Mr. Ling while I was watching this film. <laughs> That's because I am wondering. Mr. Ling is played by Bert Quoke, who, in The Return of Pink- the Pink Panther in 1975, played Kato. And you know who else is in that movie?
1: Who's in that? Christopher
0: Plummer. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. Good old Canadian boy Christopher Plummer,
1: Oscar winner.
0: Oscar winner is in at least four of these connections, and I just stopped looking after that. <laughs> there could be more. There's I don't
1: probably know. more. Yeah, <laughs> like, <There's> probably <laughs> more Christopher Christopher Plummer connections.
0: Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. There's, there you uh, have it. Yeah. Six degrees of Star Trek Sick. for this week. Yeah. Do we have anything else to uh, get to?
1: No, I think that's it for this week.
0: Um, that's it for this week but we will be back next week with a uh, conclusion with the exciting conclusion James Bond will return <laughs> in Goldfinger part 2 I guess <laughs> <laughs> alright bye all next week